millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Charlie, and you're listening to a special episode of Hometown Glory, your Spurs and culture podcast. Now, there are some Tottenham players who we as fans take to instantly, and we keep them close. They're the players who arrive and immediately get it. We see them giving their everything out there, understanding the rivalries, leaving it all on the pitch, fronting up after defeats. These are the guys who become cult heroes and club heroes. Our guest today is very much one of those players. Signed from Nottingham Forest on deadline day, January 2005, in a joint deal with Andy Reid, he would go on to play 324 times for Spurs, scoring 10 goals, be part of the 2008 League Cup winning team, have the fans vote him the club's player of the year in 2009-2010, the season Harry Redknapp's team qualified for the Champions League, and win four England caps, which um, should have been much more, actually. Only four, that's terrible. Um, he is, of course, Michael Dawson, and we're so thrilled to have him with us today. Um, Dawes, welcome to Hometown Glory. We really appreciate your time. How are you? I'm very well after that intro. Thank you very much, Charlie. No, great. I'm very well, thank you. Good. Yeah, not bad. Some of my, uh, my finest work, I thought. But <laughs> you, you, you very much deserve it. Um, how, how's, how's retirement treating you? You seem to be keeping yourself very busy. But how, yeah, how I mean, is it? It's really good. Really, really enjoying it. Obviously, the ambassador role uh, and then the work with Sky. So, yeah, keeping busy enough without being, being too busy. Two, uh, two young kids also keeping me uh, occupied. So, yeah, can't complain. Good. I mean, it's something that obviously a lot of players who do who retire, you know, it's a it's a difficult transition. Have you have you found it difficult at all? Or you? I mean, like you say, you're super busy. Yeah. No, I've been fortunate last year with COVID, uh, being at Forest and and not not playing, and just the whole going to games, being involved with no fans, uh, and also not playing. You, you know, you get to a a point, and at 37, that was that was June. So. I'd always been looking to what the, the transition would be and what would I do in the media work I've been doing for, for long periods, which, which is good and I've gone straight into. And also the, the work with Spurs 
Um, I've been very lucky to have these opportunities. And, and like you say, when you finish, you, people are looking what, what they're doing the time. Uh, where I've just sort of gone into it, it's, it's keeping me busy, but not over busy. So I'm chasing here, there and everywhere. I'm just really, really enjoying it at this moment in time, being on holiday with, with the family, having school holidays when, when they have a break. So all, all these things have, are, are working. And like I say, really enjoying it. And obviously, you've got the workers at, at the club as in your new role as ambassador. I think us fans would also like to thank you for uh, for representing the club so well on on Sky. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a slight bugbear occasionally with Spurs fans that we don't always feel like we have the best <laughs> representation. But um, you know, since uh, since you've been sort of repping us on there, I think we we finally feel like we've got a voice that we trust and is doing us proud. Yeah, so no, look, look, when you when when you do that, you, you've got to be honest. Um, of course you've got your loyalties and you know you're wedged to one side but ultimately when you're doing your job you have to be you have to be honest uh, sometimes when you get them games and you have to be critical in a way there's a way of always doing it look I did the first game against Man City and it was a dream come true to do that game the atmosphere was incredible the Tottenham Stadium doesn't get any better than that that staying with the fly, flags everything that had gone off in the summer and then to win the game, it was uh, it was perfect. But like you say, it's whenever I do do it, I, I try and be as, as honest as I can can be. And and ultimately, great for the Spurs fans, but also the, the opposition fans. You, you have to see their side. And and just at the end of the day, football is about opinions. Not everyone's mm. going to agree with you. So uh, I just try and be as fair as I can be. Tell me, how did the how did the role with the club come up, Michael? Well, look. Last season, um, when I wasn't playing there, I, I still speak, was speaking to people at the club in that time and they then came to me when it was official that I was going to retire in, in June when my contract expired and they, they came to me with this opportunity. You know, So when you're going out of, of the game as a player, you think, how can, how can I be? What's it going to be like? And it's been great. Come to games where, when, I was going to say, when we don't play on a Saturday, it's pretty much, a, we never play on a Saturday, do we? So, uh, the Sunday games, do the sky on the Saturday, and then in, in on a Sunday, represent the club in, in the best way I can when I go out into the community, things with the partnerships, meet people, get to watch the game. It's great. It is. I come down and, and, and do my work and then go back. I was down yesterday with, with some sponsors, and yeah, you spend time with people. Things as a player that you probably can't do. You can be very open now when you're. Mm-hmm. when you retire you get to go meet people you can have a drink with them you can just do different things it's probably as a player where you're more sheltered you, you've got a barrier up you can't can you be yourself no I don't believe you can as a player because you walk into somewhere and there's, there's Spurs fans everywhere if you're going through a period where you're not playing well individually collectively and you get questioned and I was like that when, when I lived uh, in the area I didn't want to go to places because it was always you know, if you'd lost the game it was gr- it was terrible and if you'd won the game it was like right let's go out because you're going to people are going to be good with you. And that's just how it is as a player. It's, it's mm. hard. But now as an ambassador, you go out and you've got an opinion. Um, your can, opinion can be open, like like I say, and you don't have to sit on the fence. You can say how it is because at the end of the day, uh, I'm a Spurs fan. You, you want the best, but it's it's just an opinion. Uh, I'm glad to hear you feel comfortable uh, feel comfortable saying how it is. Um, that stands us in good stead for the rest of the interview. Um, one thing I'm going <laughs> to... One thing I was going to um, just call back to what you just said there about um, having a beer. Obviously, you're not on Twitter or social media much at all, but I'm sure you. Uh, it was it was brought to your attention how um, how Twitter in particular kind of melted the day that your new role was announced, and all the incredibly fun videos with Ledley, 
you guys enjoying a pint, um, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. That that must have been really lovely to hear about, right? Well, Steve Duncan always sends me them. He's uh, I'm not on any social media, um, you know, never was a player and, and not now. So yeah, when me and Leds came down, it was great. We literally didn't really have a have a full pint. We had a few mouths, but it was it was nice to to see him go to the to the brewery, see the club, and and what have you. So no, we had some we had some good fun. And these are kind of things that you can be now. Is what means. At the end of the day, I, I'm not a big drinker. Never have been as a player. And it's just as a player, you have to be so careful what you do. Whereas now it's quite relaxed. It's very relaxed. You can do what you want when you want and things like that when you have but as a player the sacrifices you you have to give to be as successful and that's something that Antonio has is certainly been very vocal about to be successful mm. you have to be you have to sacrifice anything and he's going to demand and, and what have you and I think that's probably since I did finish to be able to do what I want go on holiday when I want when I book time off whereas a player you're always told what time you're in where you are and things can change at blink of an eye it's not a normal job you're not a, a nine till five job you things change and uh, they're the sacrifices you give to be successful and, and have a career. And for 21 years, I, I did that, but I'm, uh, I'm certainly enjoying being able to, to book dates in two or three months down the line and knowing that something's already in the diary. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to it. That's good to hear. Um, you mentioned a lot of change during your Spurs career, Dawes. Um, we're going to dive into that now as we um, enter into our soon-to-be world-famous first seven questions. Um, I mentioned to you off air, our first guest, Gary Mabbott, had quite the answer to this first question, which involved um, a personal phone call from Bill Nicholson. So I'm, I'm excited to hear if you can, uh, you can match that. But the first question... I'm under question, pressure then. A little bit of pressure, a little bit of pressure. <laughs> um, you're, you, you, used to def you used to be in a back four for Spurs, you're used to pressure, Bill, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, I would like to know your Spurs origin story. So give us the story behind you signing for Spurs. So take us back to kind of January, all the way back in 2005, you and Andy Reid, I imagine sort of having a little chat between you when sort of news came in of this bid from Spurs. How, how did it all go down? Well, yeah, it was, it was a bizarre day in 2005. Deadline day, we were both up in Nottingham going into training. I had a stress fracture machine at the time. And so we get into training, um, and my agent phoned me and said, right, we're going to London. So I said to the physio, look, I'm, I'm leaving. And he was a bit like, what do you do? Does he let you go? Does he not? Um, we were still waiting for it to, to be agreed completely. But we both made our way down to London. We we're in a hotel around the corner from the training ground. And it was bizarre. We we're waiting for both clubs to find this. It was never a million miles away. It was always going to happen. But you, you know, it's like they're trying to get things sorted. And they did. But in that time, me and Reedy were in a in the hotel and we went for a walk and really was like, we just keep walking. Didn't have a clue where we were. We just kept walking round and round and they kept saying, and then he said, Reedy's read agent phone and said, right, it's agreed. We've got to get to the training ground. And we're like, we're in the middle of this field somewhere. We didn't know where we were. Um, <laughs> he just thought if you kept going round, you'd get to a circle and we'd get back to where we did. We never did. We got to a, a street. We found the, found the postcode, name of the street and his agent came and picked us up. It was bizarre. So really went in for his medical first and then, it, it is you have scans you have everything checked over and, and like I say with my stress fracture it was one of those where Daniel was trying to make sure things were right um, and then I ended up passing my medical about quarter to 12 and it was it was just bizarre yeah to uh, to finally get it done and then I had to wait a long period to, to get onto the training picture it was, it was tough for me that it was a really really hard time you, you go in to sign for a club and you just want to get on the training pitch show the manager mm. show, show everyone at the club what you can do and I had to wait two or three months before I did that 
Um, but then after that, the rest history, and it was uh, got on the training ground and, and never looked back. Was there um, was there interest from other clubs before Spurs? There'd there'd been yeah there'd been talk of where I was going to go, and, and and I probably when I broke into the first team at, at eighteen. Uh, my first season for Forest was probably my best one. I then picked up glandular fever, which took everything out of me. I was drained. I kept picking up hamstring injuries. And you were thinking, was this going to happen? Liverpool had been interested. Um, West Brom at the time were, were in uh, in the Premier League. Charlton in that era were a Premier League team and Alan Kirby. So there was, there was, there was links of, of talk of me going for a long, long time. And, but thankfully, when they signed Reedy, I signed as well and, and like I say, nine and a half amazing years and everything I dreamed of doing, I fulfilled them dreams at, at Spurs. So forever grateful and thankful that that day in 2005 happened. I signed, I had to wait long enough for, for my debut at Anfield, but fantastic, wow. That connection you had with the fans felt pretty instant. What Can you put it down to anything in particular? Do you think it was just... You know, you visibly put everything into every match, and crowds respond to that. Or was there was there anything specific? Do you think? I think first impressions are massive, and I always say to young kids now, when you when you cross that white line, whether it be training pitch or on a match day, make an impression. If you're a young kid going into a first team environment, you might not be known about them, don't know an awful lot about you. And I certainly have come from the championship and not trained for two or three months. When I got an opportunity to train with Martin your squad and some world class players, you're like, wow. I'm going to show them what you can do. And that's how it started. And ultimately, I was very fortunate to get my debut at Anfield when, when we went there in April because it was three or four centre-halves injured. And Martin Yol went to me, are you ready to play? And I was a bit like, wow, I certainly am. And I'll never forget walking out there, emotions, excitement. And I went there, played played well, got man of the match and we drew two all. And, you, and then you talk about impressions, probably the supporters in at that time, we're thinking, wow, who is this young kid who's come on? Because you always look when a player's about to make his debut, how are they going to deal with this? How are they going to deal with the pressures of playing at Anfield, playing in the first team? Uh, I dealt with that. And I think that, obviously, you put your body on your line and, and something I've always said, be honest. Give everything you can for whatever team it is. And, and generally, fans will will warm to you because that's all the, that's all the demand and... And that ultimately, that should be what every player gives. You, you run as hard as you can, you tackle as hard as you can, and you put your body in where it hurts. And, and that's what I, I did for every minute of my career. And, and that's what fans love to see. That, um, I also think it was a, was a Spurs team that fans really took to. I think it had been a while, perhaps, that us fans had a team that we could really get behind. I think, obviously, Martin Yole was a coach that fans very much took to quickly as well. Um, you know, you think about the particularly the team going into your, your first full season, which really saw sort of uptick in, in Spurs form. You know, Robinson, Ledley, yourself, you know, Lee Onkyo, Carrick, Huddleston, Genus, Lennon, Davids, Tonio, Keane, you know, Mido, JD, like all these, a lot of characters in there. It was a mm. team that I think fans really, really did sort of hold close. That, that, that team that season... We won't talk about the last game of that season, but um, <laughs> that that must have been just such an exciting time to you know bed yourself in as a Premier League player, but also you know see this young exciting team sort of come to the fore. And going for Europe again, it'd been mm. so long since Tot- Tottenham had been chasing that them positions down that it wasn't where they'd been years before that. So I think Martin Yol t- took an awful lot of pride and credit, and deservedly so. And, and myself coming in from the Championship, Tom Huddleston coming in. 
Aaron Lennon, young players that were to add to players who were already there. You say in Ledley, absolute legend um, and an incredible player. Michael Carrick, the Spanier team, Jermaine Defoe, Robbie Keane, Mido came in. Um, and then you say Young Puli, we had Paul Solteria at right back. We, we had players that had come, Timu Tiano, characters of the game, people who put the different kind of players, lads that different ability. But I tell you what, we were, we were honest and we had a group together that, you know, Robbie Ledley, Robbo, uh, Michael Carrick, we sort of took up the younger players like myself and Azza and, and Tom under the wings and helped us bed in to, to become Premier League players. And that, that's what it was. And wow, like you say, that my first full season, did, did we um, fulfil our expectations? And, and way beyond then, we know what happened at the last game of the season was just heartbreaking for it to happen in that way after having such a, a good season. But I think from the fans, it was, it was their start of where they wanted to go, wanted, where they wanted to be. And, and, and that was credit to, to every single player that, that came through the door and, and it was already in it. Completely agree. Um, that leads me on to my second question. Uh, your all-time favourite Spurs player, which I know is particularly for someone that's uh, that played for so many different Spurs teams and all the rest of it. That's an incredibly tough question, but I'm going to ask it. It, it, it is, yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and you talk about when I was growing up, Gazzas, Janolas, Teddy Sheringham, um, Waddle before Hoddle before I was obviously in that era, uh, and, and Ozzy and Gary Mabbott and people like that of that area, but coming through uh, and then being fortunate to play with Modric, Gareth Bale. And I think Gareth, obviously then, uh, I talked about players a few years after I, I first signed, that they spent all that money on him. And it took him a long time to settle in. I just think he was sensational. Like I said, the spiny team, Robbo, Ledley, Carrick, Robbie, JD, and then we had Crouchy. Gaz, Luka Modric. I think Gaz for me, because what he's gone on to achieve and in the period that he, he, before he got his move to Real Madrid, he was one of the best players in the world. Top three, mm. Ronaldo, Messi, Gareth. In my opinion, I, and I said this openly, he won his games that I can only say thank you to being involved with it because as a defender, you, you play in front of you. Keep, you keep the, the team in the game, the front players win it for you. And that's what Gaz did. He used to go past players like he was playing in the playground at times. He was absolutely sensational. The Inter Milan game, put him on the worldwide stage. I always say that. Um, and I think it has to be him just because he's gone on to win it. Every single thing possible, Champions League, every every competition at Madrid. And then it was great to see him coming back. So for me, um, it has to be Gareth Bale, one, because I played with him and one, because what he's gone on to achieve. And it was... I was heartbroken to see him go because it then made my job as a defender when he left even harder because we didn't have someone of his ability to win football matches out of nothing. You stayed in game as, as a defender, put your body on the line, it'd be nil-nil, Gazard would do something for you. He really would. He was, mm. he was that good. And we, we sort of had crops of players that coming in in Rafa and Luca, And that's what Daniel used to do. He used to bring geniuses, pluck them out of the hat and make absolute superstars. And, and what Luca's gone on to achieve as well at Real Madrid, has played as many games and still be playing at his age. He's, he's credit to them. And I sit on these things and, and only can speak highly as one, as, as human beings, but two, their career is sensational. Real honour to play with them. I imagine watching Bale go through that evolution. Like you say, he was, what, 17 when he turned up. Decent amount of money Spurs spent on him. Got off to quite a good start, actually, didn't he? And then got 
got the injuries and then there was that sort of ridiculous run of games where he wasn't part of a winning team in the league for what felt like seasons and seasons. Mm. And then, you know, slowly but surely he evolves into this, like you say, I think we can all agree. Yeah, top top three player in the world by the time he he did finally leave. It must was it was it sort of strange or it must have just been amazing to have watched him sort of emerge like that. Yeah, well, I used to sit next to him at the, at the Old Spurs Lodge, how the training ground and the club and everything has revolved and gone on to, to a new level. And Gas struggled at the time. When he came through the door, everyone could, could you see him going on to do it? His left foot was amazing. When he was at Southampton, 17, playing in the first team, 16, best player in the championship, like at times from a left back. So when you've seen him come in, but you're still growing at that age. Yeah. Mm. But his left foot was an absolute one. It really was. Um, but as a player, you saw he was quite quiet. He needed to get the run of games and he kept picking up injuries when he got an opportunity. He had, he had that awful start of not being able to win a game when he was ridiculous. Uh, and he had to be patient and, and he maybe thought his, his time was going to be elsewhere. Wow, what a mistake that would be. Um, just absolutely incredible and a joy to, to see him come back last year. Great to go back and watch the game last, last season and, and see him there. And after not seeing him and keeping in touch, you meet players that you stay in contact with. Superstar, he, um, the little boy's got his, his, his shirt signed to him. So incredible, great, great guy. And like I say, great family and delighted to say I've, I've, I've played with him on many occasions and he's, 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 he's won me lots of games when I've, uh, I've led the team out. It's just a bit of a shame we never really, as fans, got to watch him come back. I think it would have been amazing if, you know, one more. Would, would you would you bring him back? Oh, There's been a few rumours. Last season was in, it was incredible to bring him back, but no fans. Imagine the reception he would have got. He would have got the love that he deserved. And, and fans, of course, will say, yes, he left. And sometimes you have to leave. And he, he, no one, if you're truthful... Could have got £85 million at the time or whatever it was, incredible amount of money. He wanted to go, it was clear. He wanted to go to Real Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And when you win what he's won, you get one chance in your career. So it was great to see him come back. I'm sad that he never got the reception that he would have got. I'm sad that the fans never got to see him. Uh, and hopefully he can come back one day. Whether it'll happen, I'm not too sure. I mean, look, Antonio, one thing we guys, you have to play him and we never saw him get a run of games. One probably through injury, one through him not being selected, but Gaz needs to play. He needs mm. to play his, his left foot. He's, he's going to change, of course. He's now he's older. We all used to see him pick the ball up at the edge of his box. He'd run through, like like I say, like he's playing on a computer. It, it was that scary how good he was. He's going to change because he's got older. But yeah, he's, his left foot's still a one to get to free kicks. He knows how to, knows how to score goals. It'll, it'll great to see him come back, or it would be. Whether it'll happen, I'm not too sure. Um, fingers crossed fingers crossed next question it'd be, nice. um, it'd be lovely wouldn't it just just like half a season in front of a full stadium oh, mm. amazing um, the next question Dawes slightly tricky one to answer for ex, ex Spurs players perhaps but I'm going to ask you anyway your favourite terrible Spurs player so this oh, we've sort of tempered so for fans this one's this one's a fun one right because we all have yeah, a yeah. player that you know might not be the Bales or the Modric's or the the Harry Kane's, but there's always a player that you you hold close as you know a bit of a cult hero type. You know, might be someone that you know gives their all, or might be someone that scores the odd sort of thirty yarder, does nothing else. We've all got those players. Did you have anyone from your Spurs career that fits uh, that bill? Probably, perhaps? yeah, yeah, probably Pascal Chimbonda when he was training. 
Uh, it was one of the worst trainers you've ever seen. <laughs> it was it was a great character. He comes in, he would be laid back. Uh, but in his defence, he used to turn up on match day. He was he was very good for us uh, in both boxes when he was at Wigan, and, and I thought he came. He, he scored goals certainly for them. He scored more than he did for for, for ourselves. But he was I played a lot alongside him. Uh, worst trainer I've ever seen. I had no interest in training, but come match day, he, he could play. He, he was a, a player that, like I say, he came in and, and did well in his, in his short sp- space of time. And, and that's probably where he was probably at Wigan being able to train like that because he was one of the best players there. That's how it when he turned up on a weekend. But just when you come to a, a bigger club, and that's no disrespect to Wigan, I would always say that about clubs. You go to the next level, this next level of football club, and then you have to have it on every single day. And you don't always perform, but yeah, the way past Jimmy was, he was just laid back. But as a, as a player on a match day, he never let anyone down. Two spells, of course, as well. Got brought back, he was so good. Um, <laughs> slightly, slightly, slightly underrated, I reckon. Um, next question. Um, your match day rituals, and I want your match day ritual as a player, and then also now as a sort of fan slash ambassador. Did you have... You know, were there things that you were superstitions? Was there a pattern to how you prepare for games, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, obviously on a Friday night, or, or if it was Saturday, if we'd been in Europe, we, we tended not to really stay in a hotel when we were at home. Uh, and it, I never had kids when I was when I was down there. And my wife would always do a spaghetti bolognese, always on a Friday, a Saturday night, or night night before a game. If it was if I was in the in the house, you would always cook a spag ball. I'd have garlic bread, uh, beautiful carb up, get ready for the game, yeah. early night get up in the morning, you'd always go to the game. And whatever time of day it was, whether it be a night game, I'd always have Weetabix for pre-match. Always. All the way through my career. Um, if it was an eight o'clock kickoff, I'd have Weetabix. How many? Hours. Two Weetabix, a little bit of milk, a bit of sugar, and then I'd always have some chicken pasta. Chicken and pasta, if it was an early kickoff, it was, wasn't the easiest thing to eat. You know, you, your nerves kick in and it's morning. When it was a night game, it was no problem. You'd been up most of the day, or you'd had a sleep in the afternoon. Um, so it would always be chicken pasta, probably some scrambled egg, something like that. Um, but yeah, it was always Weetabix was a guarantee any, any, time of, any time of day kick off. And then, yeah, I'd probably have my, my usual things in, in the, uh, when you get to the ground, prepared drinks you'd, you'd always have. But generally, that was, that was me just trying to get in the zone and focused. And try and be as relaxed as, as possible because you know nerves can drain you. Um, and then people will say, Oh, you hydrate, you can drink too much, daft as it sounds, because you're nervous and things like that. And you just want to, at the end of the day, as players, you just want to perform. You want to not let anyone down, your teammates, and, and, and then perform to, to the best of your ability. And ultimately, you try and put yourself in the best frame of mind and put everything in your body that's going to try, try and help you uh, big and strong and, and perform well. Did you get nervous much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, from a young kid when I was in the academy, I always did that because you want to perform, and, mm. and ultimately, when you do that, it's big relief. And uh, and even to the to the day I retired, not training so much because you go out there and you've got to try and enjoy. It. I think you've got to have a time and you get. But come, 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 match day. Yeah, you had your nerves until you got across that white line. Warm. But once you warm up and started, you're in the zone. You're ready. You're starting, and it's all about the f- when you got your first touch in the game. In the first header, it give you give you that belief. Um, and as a as an ambassador, as a fan, does 
do you do you get nervous now? Do you do you feel like no. you can relax watching Spurs? <laughs> I can re- I can relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not one little bit. I don't I don't get nervous now. Look, I want the lads to do do well. I can't affect it from where I am. It's out of my control. Them guys, the eleven who are on the pitch at any moment in time, and there's a manager. He then makes a decision. Uh, you can you can't affect that. It was mm. you just hope that they perform. But yeah, now we, I just go and watch it, and, and hopefully we win, and the fans go home happy because ultimately, when you you're in the ground, everything's everyone's a lot lot happier. It makes your job a, a lot easier. Let's move on to the next one, which is a bit of a personal favourite question of mine. I would love to know your all-time favourite Spurs shirt, please. So you played in kits by Kappa, Puma and Under Armour, I believe, during your time at Spurs. Any any favourites spring to mind? The Kappa one was uh, probably the first tight sort of kit I would wear. Um, I don't think it went to Puma and we went to Mansion and then I was like, that was a bit baggy. And towards the end of Puma, it <laughs> started getting a little bit slimmer fit. And then we went to Under Armour and that was probably... There's a picture, I think I scored a goal against Reading. Mm. 11, 12 or 12, 13, it was whatever Under Armour's first year it was, I think. I scored a header. Uh, but in that game, I'd got an elbow across my nose and then scored. And there's a picture of that shirt and I think it was I'd, had the collar on it. It was quite smart. And that was probably that was probably one that I remember because this picture seemed to be whenever anyone asked me to sign it. I don't know why they get that one. It's probably because I didn't score too many goals. That was, that was one that I t- tend to see many a time. So probably that one. I feel like one that really springs to mind for me is the Puma kind of yellow one. The you know the home kit that had all the yellow on. The yeah, we played in Wigan in that. I remember playing in Wigan at that. I think. Oh, that was the white, the home one with the yellow bit on. That was that. Yeah. Uh, that was Puma. No, that we wore that at Manchester that was Puma. City. Yeah, yeah and we wore. One. Yeah, well, that we might wore the home kit. Listen, I mean, look, they're all nice kits, of course. Yeah, I mean, my little boy's got all three at the moment, and the white one's a classic kit there the away one and then the third one are a little bit later, the paint one and then the purple and light. He's got them all. I think they, look, they all look smart for, for different places where you're going. Um, did the players sort of take much of an interest in kits when, when they're, you know, when you do the old photo shoots and stuff, was it? Yeah, yeah, I think it is a, it is a big thing. You get there and you're like, oh, this looks smart and then you're like, oh, it doesn't fit right or players can be, players can like things nice and I was no different when you put it on and it was baggy or it was short so I liked it quite tight and, and slim, but then it'd be too short on my body because I'm six foot three. And it was like getting everything right. Because at the end of the day, I always say, feel good, look good, play good. Um, mm. And if you don't feel good in, in whatever you're wearing, you're not going to do to the best ability. So yeah, players can be fussy. And I was probably one of them, to be honest. Next question, Doors. I want to know your Spurs heaven and your Spurs hell. So doesn't have to be a specific game. It could just be a period of your Tottenham career where you know, everything was going exactly right and then mm. the opposite. Oh, we'll go with the hell first because I can think of two. Um, right. And it's a real... We'll, we'll start with one. I'll go the semi-final when I slipped uh, mm. against Portsmouth. That was one that it, it still sticks to me now. Not to get to a final in the FA Cup. I, I, I felt as I shouldered that blame. We'd, none of us performed or we didn't perform. We should have beat Portsmouth. But when you slip and the goal goes in, it hurts, uh, still hurts. So that was one. But then there was a period under Wanda Ramos where I think it helped me later on in my career. And, and it helps me now pass on advice to young young kids. And when I do the media as well, and you, you don't try and defend them, but you can feel what they're going through. And I think Manchester United are going through it now. Confidence. 
And I always say, if you, mm. could, if you could pay for confidence, you pay an awful lot of money for it. And that time on the one day, Ramos, I was in, didn't realise I had no confidence, but I'll never forget the game where we wore the limited edition shirt. Mm. I, I just felt as though I had the world on my shoulder. I couldn't pass a ball from A to B. It was terrible, you know, and fans get on you. And I took a little bit of criticism. Uh, but I always say, there's only yourself who can you play out of that. It's, it's only down to yourself either. One to the team win and you to have a good game and then you, your mindset changes. But I think later on in my career, that helped me an awful lot. It really did. And that, that fear of failure... Uh, which I was going through at that time and Ramos was taking me off, dropping me, take, playing me in and, and just didn't get a run of games. And I say that about, because I've experienced it, stick with a player for five or six games. If he's then having a bad game, take him out. Don't take him out for one game. Your mate plays mm. bad, put him back in. Because neither of them, you're, gonna, you're not going to get any momentum, whether it, it, it just didn't help me one bit and it was a massive learning curve, but that was absolute hell. It really was. It was a strange time, the Ramos era, right? Because obviously, you know, starts off basically beating Arsenal 5-1 in a cup <laughs> semi-final, being Chelsea in a, in a League Cup final. Feels like finally Spurs have this manager with this, you know, record of winning cups left, right and centre at Sevilla's come in and done exactly the same and then nothing. Where, where do you think it went wrong for him? Well, <laughs> You talk about the hell, and then the heaven was when you beat Arsenal five five one mm. to get to a final. It was it was incredible. I just think you have to have a happy camp, and it just wasn't at that time. As much as we'd won the league cup, we galvanised everyone together to go. We were underdogs going into into that game against Chelsea. Chelsea were far superior to us at that time. They were they were they were incredible. But we just got something in the group, uh, and what a day it was! It was just incredible. But we had so many, and that. That's why it's hard, Charlie, to say one. We went to the San Siro and I led the team out against AC Milan. Uh, we led the other day and it was like beating them 1-0 with Crouchy goal. Slatan, mm. like playing against him. Went to the Bernabeu. Yes, we lost 4-0 over there. Crouchy sent off. So we've gone from <laughs> one extreme to another. And the, these experiences, uh, scoring my fo- first goal against Chelsea, I've said there isn't one that I can put my finger on. I had so many and I fulfilled every dream that a kid could ever imagine um, playing in the Premier League 324 times and captaining the club in the Champions League. Um, it was just, it, it was incredible. So to say one, I can't, I, I honestly, I honestly can't. Which manager were you, were you happiest under, do you think? Martinho or Harry Redknapp. I played my best football in 2010, like you said, when I got player, player of the year and, and, when I, when I got that trophy, I, the names on it, Gaza, Jürgen Klinsmann, Teddy Sheringham, and the names now, for my name to be on it, it's an honour. It really is. The Harry Kane's, the Sons, absolute legends of this football mm. club. Um, superstars. They are world-class players. So that was, that was a period that, like I said, with one day around much I struggled, but Harry got me back. Got me back to where I'd gone up, I fell off a cliff under one day, couldn't play. Uh, and then Harry got me back. He, he really did. So Harry was great for, for me personally. And, and, and obviously the team finishing in the Champions League. We had some amazing nights and not just as players, as fans as well. The special, special times. Because that's the thing. You mentioned winning the, the player, of the, player of the Season Award that year and the names that have won it before and since. But 
that that team in itself was full of you know the Bales, the Modric's. You know that was that was a squad of players that again Spurs that that team Spurs fans adore. And you know you were player of the season. It's, it was a magnificent achievement and a team that we oh, all massive we all love massive. Yeah, and, and like you say, to finish in 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 that position and with Gaz there, Luca there, top players. Um, but I did. It was certainly my finest season in a in a Spurs shirt and. And at the end of that, I got a, a call up to England. So it finished, finished, finished great that year. It really, really was one of uh, one of my best ever as, as a player. No, it was my best ever as a as a player. You, you kind of mentioned the slightly the sort of mad sort of changes that happened in terms of how Spurs would lurch from one type of coach to another at that time. You'd go from sort of Martin to the one day to Harry to AVB to Tim to uh, to Poch. It, it must have been a lot for particularly players like yourself that had been there through a lot of it. Every time someone came in, it must have felt like you know starting from scratch, right? Well, well, yeah, that that's right, and and it was with um, obviously AVB coming in. Mm. It was done well. Then all of a sudden he comes to the door and he thinks he wants me out the door for for no reason. Because uh, you nearly left that summer. It's QPR, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, look, QPR offered an awful lot of money to buy me, uh, an awful lot of money that would have gone in my pocket if I'd have left. But it just wasn't right. Uh, I, I met them and and that was a, another point in my career where I, I speak to players and say, look, the manager doesn't like you, which uh, we started off myself and AVB. We didn't, we didn't say eye to eye for whatever reason. Managers come in, you've got to respect that. We didn't speak. But I'll tell you what I did. I went in the training ground every day and I trained hard and come in November, we played West Ham, we won. We played Liverpool, we won. And I had the armband back on and I signed a new contract at the end of that season. So I say to, to lads now, look, don't think you can just go to another club and it's going to be great because it's tough to go up the way. It's a lot easier to make a step back from Spurs. Um, but don't think that's just going to happen. Fight mm. for, to be because it's a special football club and it's not easy when, you, when, when you're leaving. I, I learned that when I, when I went to Hull City to fight for the opportunity to play at this amazing football club. And, and if the manager maybe has an opinion about you, try and change that. And how do you do that? Not moping around, not complaining, training. And, and I say that to, to players now, because I did. That's how I was. That wasn't any other, other way. Like I say, we, we didn't say eye to eye. But what I did on the training ground turned his, his thoughts and opinions on me and, and he gave me the opportunity and, and I took it. Um, it was a strange season that wasn't it because obviously it felt like the relationship a lot of the players had with him a bit up and down at times etc we obviously had Gareth turning into a sort of superhero every week doing things none of us had ever seen before but it all it, you know we didn't quite get over the line and the team itself didn't feel sort of fluent was it a strange one to be part of that yeah I mean it was I mean in, in the end we had a great relationship I was captain um, mm. and, and, and it just you could tell he was emotionally wanted to be so successful. He really mm. did. Whenever we won, he came up, we were so high. And whenever we lost, it was like it was the end of the world. I think as a manager, you have to keep level all the way because you have so many ups and downs from one week to the next. It's, it's, you can be the best manager, the worst manager. And, and AVB, the lads, the lads really liked him. But it just ultimately, when we lost to Man City, heavily six and then mm. Liverpool five. Like I say, confidence was shot. It was shot to pieces and 
it's hard for a manager. You cross that, players cross that white line, they have to perform. And when they don't, people think they don't care. Yes, they do. Mm. We cared. We were devastated when he got the sack because ultimately the manager takes the brunt of the players not performing. And that's what happened in the AVB situation. Were you, um, were you sad not to get to play on the pods? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. I mean, look, I, I did three, um, three or four weeks with, with him and his pre-season was great and he was very open. And I, it was probably the time when I left was because I went back to my, my earlier time when I nearly left and I didn't play for three months. And by the way, that was the hardest thing. I remember mm. we were playing Newcastle away and my brother-in-law came down and I was sat in my garden uh, with the family and it was just Saturday afternoon we were playing Newcastle away and I should be playing football on a Saturday because I wasn't injured I just hadn't been wasn't involved and that was tough to keep momentum and mentality right and so I, it's hard for these players now if you're not involved and not even in the at least if you're in the vo- squad and you sub you're part of it you're thinking I might get on I might not I wasn't even in the squad so that mm. was probably played into the time where I was thinking look I had two years left on my contract I could have stayed and not played that wasn't me mm. I love playing football um, and I made that decision alright I got relegated so it was the wrong decision mm. 12 months later when I did go a hole I got promoted and that was an incredible feeling to get back to the Premier League and get the opportunity to go and play back at White Hart Lane and, and places like that and I had seven years of playing football after I left Spurs would that have happened if I had sat on my bum for, for two years Maybe not. Maybe no one might have touched me. We, we haven't got a crystal ball, have we? So it's you've got to live by them them decisions. And like I said, I went on to have seven more years of professional football. And you can never get them back because it's easy for someone to say, we don't want you. Um, and maybe after they've had a sat on me after two years doing nothing, picking money at Spurs, that might have happened. So it's it's life and it's, it's, it's decisions. Um, last question about seven. Doors, where where are you with Spurs right now? You you feeling optimistic now? Conte's here, like the rest of us. I'm always optimistic. Always. <laughs> um, I mean, look, it was it was a hard hard summer. I mm. was when Nuno came in, we got off to a fantastic start. I believe yep. the belief will be there, and then results didn't go. Performances. You look where we were playing as a team. Uh, but Antonio, what he's what he's won and he's passionate. And, and in Nuno's defence, I always say every manager is is different. The way you conduct yourself on the touchline, people are calm. I couldn't be calm like that if I was on the touchline, but that's just not me. He was like that when he was successful at, at Wolves, finishing seventh twice. That was a successful Wolves, by the way. And he never changed. Mm. So that's just the way he was. But I know as, as, as supporters, you want to see the passion and desire. And with Antonio, wow, his CV of winning trophies wherever he's been we've had it with Jose I thought he would come in and we'd win something so I'm hoping everything is crossed Antonio can be the man because we've got a group of players I know how hard it is to win a trophy um, it's tough but we've got a man in charge who he will demand and if you don't the players will be out the door that's mm-hmm. that's his pedigree that's how he, he it doesn't matter who you are you'll have to deliver you'll have to sacrifice and you'll have to run through brick walls for him and, and the supporters that's what they want to see and sometimes if it's not good enough, you hold your hands up and say, we weren't a good enough team. But yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. I really am. He strikes me as the sort of coach you would have enjoyed playing under. Well, I was honest. I was, I was honest. And like I say, if you give everything for him, pretty much most, most managers, that's, that's all he can demand. Sometimes your quality isn't good enough. You don't perform or you make mistakes. That's football. 
you know, it'd be an easy game. But the best team would win every week if that was the case. But it isn't. So, yeah, he, I'd have liked to work with him, see, see him, yeah. his demands. And you'll look round and whoever's not, he'll, he'll make them known. So I'm excited. I, I am excited. And it was, a, it was a great win. You see, he's passionate against Leeds. thought the first half performance was, was disappointing. But they came and got higher up the field. Two wing-backs who wouldn't know the way he plays. He wants to get his wing backs high high up the field and it'll give the obviously our front three, whoever it is, Harry Sonny, and it was Lucas at the weekend, Stephen Bergwijn. He'll give him an opportunity to score more goals. And and that's what you as fans uh, we all want to see. Um you mentioned Conte's demands, Doors. Um it takes me on to our listener questions. Gonna do some quick fire questions for you. Um we put a call out on social media for some and well, we were completely inundated. I'm going to pick some quickly now for you. The first one um, is from Holly. What do you make doors of the no-source regime Conte has apparently put in place? Um, and could you do it, or are you a lover of the ketchup? Well, I did do it, and I lost an awful lot of weight under one day, Ramos, so that's probably why I didn't perform as well. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a fine margin. I do. I think it's, you've got to be careful uh, because you want a happy camp. You've got to have that. But times have moved on. And I always say you are a self-invested businessman. When you go into work, you've got to put the right stuff in your body. Anything that you believe helps you. And if it be ketchup, I would have ketchup. If, if, I'm not, if, if it's going to take it away, I'm not going to have the strength. I'm not going to be able to run as much as I can. That's the way I am. I, I, mm. uh, like I said, I'm not a big drinker. It didn't suit me when I was playing. Some people like to drink. They could, they could deal with it. Taking that ketchup away if they need it, but... He's a boss. He can. He, he makes them decisions. I'd have been having it at home. That's a problem that you don't see him twenty four seven. You're not mm. locked up. You can go home. You, I say, if you want to go to McDonald's every day, you can go to McDonald's every day. Do you think it'll stand you in good stead? No. So it's all about looking after yourself. Connor Mummery and Sam Goldman both asked the same question. Um, your your favourite game in a Spurs shirt? The Chelsea one flicked to my mind. There, AC Milan one flicked to my mind. Um, it's got to be one of them. Chelsea, we haven't beat. We hadn't beat for, I think, 24 mm. or 5 or something like that. And to score a goal after, I'd had some opportunities and I got the goal whipped in by JJ and then Lenny getting the, the second to win 2-1. That was a special, special day for me personally, not being at the club that long, not being in the Premier League to get my first Premier League goal, but also in AC Milan when we, we got to the quarterfinals. It was, so it has to be either one of them or beating Arsenal 5-1 because I know what that means to uh, everyone and White Hart Lane was absolutely pumping it really was and then obviously the, the cup final 2008 I didn't play I was injured um, so great to be involved and great to have a winner's medal and play in every game leading up to it but then I missed the final so plenty of them sorry I can't it, say one was it tough to watch that final by the way no no definitely not of course I wanted to be out there and whether I would have played Ledley Woody we, we don't know, but I'd have been involved. That Still to this day, it hurts me that I'm, I pull my hamstring against Derby because building up to Derby, I felt it a little bit, my hamstring, and I should probably never have played. So that still mm. hurts me that I wasn't there to be able to celebrate. I was in my suit. But look, we go down as as the last team to obviously win a, a trophy for Spurs, which is, is unbelievable considering the crop of players that, have, that are in the club at the moment. Wow, in the Champions League in 2018. But it just shows how hard it is. It's tough to mm. win a trophy. It really doesn't matter what trophy it is. It's tough. Eve Conway asks your favourite goal for Spurs. I feel like I might know the answer to this. But yeah, you know that. Aston Villa away when I scored when I scored against Brad Friedel. No, I'm joking. It's only because it wasn't. <laughs> it's only because it wasn't with my head. No, the Was that the one? Goal. Yeah, the one. The one you really lapsed yeah. in. Well, I sort of. I'm, VR might have been in now. It might have been 
a slight arm, but then I still give Brad stick when he when he came and said he couldn't keep that one. But no, Chelsea, without a shadow of a doubt. Lee uh, at Pink Sock 337 says, not a question, but I've watched many games of play where we were terrible or got beat. And so often Dawes was the only one who took the time to walk around and applaud every stand regardless of the result. So much respect for the man. That that sentiment has come through in so many messages, Dawes. I feel like that's just perhaps, something, as, as a fan base, I think we just want to say thank you for always doing that for us. It's, it's much appreciated. No, I mean, we, we do, we, we, and, and they all appreciate it, by the way. Fans, fans appreciate the effort. And, and now I go in the club shot and I see people have come from Germany, they've come from Ireland, people have travelled to come and watch the team. And I think you, the players probably don't realise, it's only now I go back and I'm in the mix with the fans, I see that. And, and they, they appreciate it. And I, and I understand now the disappointment when you see players not performing, but it happens, we're only human being. And I was, when I felt as though when I didn't perform, I'd let everyone down. And the final when mm. we lost, and so clapping them is, is the least. But then other times players don't go because you see what happened uh, other times where they get the stick uh, at Watford last week with, with Bruno Fernandes you see Oli you're that kind of person you're you're a guy that connects with the fans and you feel their hurt and and and, and uh, Oli's took stick I would have been like that because I would have felt that pain and hurt and, and failure that I felt I'd let the fans down so I think look I always appreciate them fans turning up they're sensational they, they love me I love them it, we are, especially when I walk back around the pitch uh, when I'd done some work Again, I'm trying to think which game it could have been the Chelsea and they were singing. It was incredible, incredible feeling. And everywhere I go, I have great connection with them. Um, a couple of Ledley related questions. One from yeah. uh, Elliot, Elliot Johnson, one from Charlotte Henry uh, and, and Tim as well. Um, how good was Ledley? Could he have been one of the best on the backs in the world who didn't have injuries? I think I know Without a shadow of a doubt. And, and I was um, sad when... When Ledley, when Ledley retired, it was sad. I said I played till 37. No regrets. Mm. My, time, my time was up. No problem. For Ledley to retire at 32, and I was with him yesterday, to have only played for one club, what a player. I, I, I'm open. I, had I not had him alongside me, I would never have had the Spurs career. Uh, I did. Especially as a young player, I was fortunate when you get older, then it, you, you come to it. But early on, he was, what a player. Absolute legend. Yeah, really is. Great guy. Um, Charlotte Henry asks the best player you had as a centre-back partner who was not called Ledley King good question very good question Jan Vertonghen mm. Jan was a player Jan when he came in he wasn't that vocally but the way he played you could tell he'd been at Ajax he, he, he could take the ball left foot left foot was always nice played with relax played with a swagger probably too relaxed at times when I'm playing against him I'm like 100 mile an hour uh, played with Eunice uh, Gardner Ross who played TG in my Tony Gardner in my early days. But I think mm. Jan, uh, he had a spurt, great Spurs career. Great Spurs mm. career. Great, great guy as well. We had uh, when he came in it, to, to come and hit the Premier League like he did. And yeah, Jan was a, a top player as well. I can't help but think he would have played quite nicely in the left side of a three right now, still. Yeah, could definitely, definitely have done that. And, and certainly as you the way Antonio play I always, I always say I was speaking about Cesson Young the other day you talk about players suiting managers Victor Moses at Chelsea mm. I think Ryan Session Young could be could be important for us because I know we've got Regulon is Ryan a left back is he a left mid could be made as a left wing back um, so players Young could have been like that as well players players fit managers Bill and, and hopefully he's got a crop who want to bring players in of course he will but yeah 
I'm sure Jan would have been. Ben Davis, look, Ben didn't play a lot under mm. the previous manager because as a left back, we had Regulon, but now he's come straight in. Nice to be left footed, he can get in wide areas, he can defend in the central area as well, and he can overlap Regulon as well. So, like I say, it's uh, players that maybe weren't in the fold as much as they were last under Nuno. I might under Antonio. Harv at Harvey Burton 97 asks, um, how did you feel when you got a mention in the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special? <laughs> everyone, asks, everyone asks me this. And everywhere <laughs> I go, especially at Christmas Day, my, my phone starts going, oh yeah, Gavin and Stacey, you forgot, they forgot about me all year, but you're on Gavin and Stacey, so we'll drop, drop you a text. So, no, Matt was, uh, Matt's a, a big Spurs fan. He actually went to school with my wife. That's, uh, ah, okay. that's how he came about So in, uh, in Nottingham. So, yeah, when, when Gavin and Stacey at the time, season ticket holder, met him. But I did generally sign the shirt to him and it was uh, it's great on Christmas Day to still get a mention and a few texts off uh, all, the strange, all the strangers on my mobile. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our last question, though, is we ask all of our, all of our guests for, uh, for a culture recommendation. So this can be... So music, a movie, a TV show, book, restaurant, anything at all that you've enjoyed recently. So could you please provide one for us? Yeah, I'm not a big film fan, not a big music fan, but I like restaurants. Um, and, and it's because it's just come to mind yesterday where I was. I was down at the Spurs Stadium yesterday. And whenever, whenever I come away from it, I'm like, that place is mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. I was in the, the H Club. Uh, and if any of the guys who tune into this get an opportunity to go, I take the, take the other half. I want to spoil them. It is absolutely beautiful. It was we had we were some partners yesterday, and we had a, a three course meal. No wine yesterday. It was too early. It was half eleven when we uh, people were on it, <laughs> and I was thinking, no, it's too early on a on a what day was it? Tuesday, Monday, whatever day it was. It, but it was it was an incredible. It's and. The things they've got at that stadium, the brewery, the, the restaurants, it's just an honour to come to work. It really is on a, on a match day. And yeah, I'm, I get to watch a game, get to chat, get to meet people and I get a nice meal as well. So it was, uh, yeah, the H Club, get yourselves there, but save up. <laughs> um, that's a nice way to end things. Michael, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It's been an absolute no joy to talk to and on behalf of all Spurs fans thank you for your incredible career with Tottenham and all you continue to do for us it's, it's much appreciated by us all thank you ever so much mate we really do appreciate it enjoy your day cheers Tom. mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.